Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. All right. Welcome back to Horror Vision. It has been another extended long time. So I just want to briefly address that. Um, Boog is no longer with us. He's not dead, but I guess some people would want him to be dead. I'm not saying that. Is that too far, Aaron? I think I fall in that category. <laughs> no, that's too far. We don't, we don't hate Boog. Boog Man. just... Uh, is uh not reliable we'll just it's leave not, it at that but we, we might you may hear from him again time to time but uh we decided to mix it up uh in an effort just to get more consistent with the podcast um so i'm here your usual host john uh, along with our new permanent host aaron my name's aaron his name's aaron he's been on before he knows yeah, what he's doing. He, he knows, at least once he knows his way around a microphone, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Up close. Whoa. I guess we'll just we'll probably never end up doing that Invisible Man <laughs> podcast we've been promising that we saw the day it came out. But um, a new recent one came out on Amazon streaming service. Uh, I saw the trailer. looked pretty interesting, so I uh, fired over uh, the information to Aaron because this seemed like something up his alleyway. Like a little bit backstory with Aaron, he is more of like a science techie type person. Like he yeah. can build, he can build your computer. Yeah, let's be, be able he, to. He, yeah, I mean that's you. You don't have to talk in third person. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. but Aaron, uh, yeah. Aaron better. He, yeah, he bet he better. He done better. I mean, he built my computer. Anyway, so the movie is The Vast of Night. Um, basically, it's like a period piece in the nineteen fifties, um, involving. Uh, a guy that works at a radio station, uh, like as a late night DJ in the small, I think it was in New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. New Mexico. Mexican town. Um, as well as the other prominent character, uh, the female lead, she worked at, um, was it as a phone operator or like a phone switchboard? Yeah. Switchboard operator. That was pretty cool to see actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's, that's something we'll talk about that I liked about this movie is it gave you like an authentic feel. And there's so many things, um, in our modern like daily life that we take for granted, like being able to pick up a phone and just call anybody. But back then they, they had like the archaic, the beginnings of what we have now, but you don't think about what it took to get here. And like where you have to switch a call comes in and you have to actually connect. And like there was that one scene in there with uh, it was turned out to be a long distance call, and there was no way to call that person back unless they yeah, called. Yeah, no idea who yeah. was. It's crazy. Like, give me, give us your number, or we'll never find you. That's something that that added to a little bit of like the tension in the movie for me is 
like now even if we go out like when we go on like our camping trips and stuff like that like you could still pick up your phone it might not have the strongest signal and call and like someone could come find you in like a short mm-hmm. amount of time um but this is like you're in an actual physical town and like there, there's something about it uh, i even though you're in a town it's like you're still isolated like you had to like be more you had to handle yourself better i guess is is the way to say it. like you have to, You'd have to watch out for your, but you you were alone. Yeah, um, that, that's something that this movie did well. I thought it was refreshing. I know it's it's kind of like a just a um, comment on like the time, the time it took place, but it was refreshing to see how uh, they're so excited about some of this new technology. Like the younger people, you know the the main character, uh, yeah. the guy, the the girl Faye. How they like yeah. this technology, you know? They're talking about like the recorder yes. and how's the coolest shit. Well, that, I, I thought like, you were referencing the the newest the iPhone just came out, you know? Yeah, and then like, oh, it doesn't have this. Like, like that's like people not thinking about like how crazy it is. Like, imagine if someone from 1950, like you, you hopped in your DeLorean time machine. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, if you rolled up in a DeLorean in 1950, people would be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> but. uh and they saw an iPhone that would blow their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the one that I thought you were talking about for a second, but I really liked is when they were she was telling him the stories from like a pop, popular mechanic like magazine or something. Oh, yeah, they're they're yeah. talking about different like uh, vacuum tube traveling or like oh, yeah. automated cars. That, it's like that was very interesting. Yeah, or, radio, or she, she talked about cars. the self. Yeah, she talked about like how her mom thinks they're gonna have like these uh, small, tiny, like clamshell phones with like a video screen on it. He's like, that just yeah. sounds ridiculous. That that was honestly just a little. Uh, I think that was honestly a little voice of the the writer right there because they they frame that as being the most preposterous one but that's the only one out of the three yeah new technologies that actually came out that was funny that was a little tongue-in-cheek it kept you interested i like you know Mm -hmm. um well i guess that's a good uh segue in there talking about the writer so Mm -hmm. the director writer cast uh so the movie was directed and written by andrew patterson I got his uh his page up right now. Did you see that beard that he got too? One one busy list here. Yeah, did you see his picture there? That beard is sweet. <laughs> no, it's not good. <laughs> oh, it's nuts. Good on him. Uh yeah, so his uh filmography is just this. Uh, yeah, that's that was the only thing that I'm seeing, but this, uh, this was his debut. Yeah, good for him though, because I liked what I saw here, and I would definitely be interested to see um, what he follows this up as. But it's kind of funny actually looking at the credits. So I guess maybe he produced this and everything. Like did a lot of he did almost all of the major portions of this by himself. Writer, credit as editor, editing department. As a producer, the real question and, is: and each Did and all anybody those, else help him do this? Well, the that's the the part that that's crazy is he's credited as different people doing this, so it's kind of like maybe this. he was making it seem like a writer, and it says he's credited as James uh, Montague, uh, editor as Junis Tall. Yeah, I don't know. So that's that's kind of interesting. Maybe he like wanted to make it seem like more people worked on it to to sell this, but. I mean, that's even more impressive. Mm. 
because you can definitely tell it's a lower budget, but it didn't yeah. hinder, hinder it. Like that's that's something I think too is if you're gonna have a lower budget, you have to have a strong, interesting story and like mm-hmm. a well fleshed out screenplay. Mm-hmm. I, I think this movie had both of those things. So good it for uh, Andrew Patterson. The story kept it simple. I mean, there. I mean, well, it bounced around a little bit. I mean, there is some. Um, there is. They had varying goals throughout the whole thing. Yeah. The main characters, and they kind of moved throughout the this developing plot. But in I, the end, it was relatively simple. You know. Yeah. Oh, so I like too is because I was a little bit worried, like towards the end, because you're dealing with such a like cosmically big like situation where it's going to be world changing like paradigm shifting like if if everyone knows aliens and i was like wondering if they were going to get into that which something this small a scope i didn't think could like do justice to so i liked how they kept it small you know Mm -hmm. yeah um but jumping into the cast here uh first one we got that played faye sierra mccormick uh, Faye was the switchboard operator. I didn't. Was she in high school? Recently graduated high school. I uh, I couldn't tell. I'm fairly I couldn't certain tell she was still in high school. But uh, then uh, Jake Howitz, that was uh, played Everett Sloan. He was the main. The I would I would call him the main character. Eh, both of them, I guess. Yeah, the, I would just call them the leads. Yeah, the leads. Um, so. Sierra, she she's been in a few things here. Uh, Curb your enthusiasm. She played Emma for like two years, which I don't know if you've seen that. No, I, I mean, it's, no. that's the Larry David show. Yeah, so you're familiar yeah. with it. It's it's yeah. hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. so this is personal, and I say this, and people are like, "What the hell?" But like, I am not a Seinfeld fan at all. Like, I get that's a separate like kind of comedy, and mm-hmm. but it just it just didn't work for me. But Larry David, obviously famous as a writer on that, Larry David's show himself is so so much funnier. Mm-hmm. It's like Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm is tough to watch sometimes, though, because it's, uh, it's like the cringiest of the cringe. Like, you watch it and you feel awkward for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess she also she, played a, she played a Tar Pit Kid in Land of the Lost. Yeah, yeah Tar Pit Kid. That's bug. He's a goddamn <laughs> Tar Pit Kid. God. But, uh... No, That's another actually... hey, another positive about Boog being on yeah. here. If you ever want to vent, like, and you're like just pissed off at your brother, mm-hmm. um, oh, spoiler alert, Aaron is Boog's brother. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you ever want to just vent or whatever, he doesn't. He's never once listened to the podcast. Oh good, <laughs> say as much as I want. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she she's kept busy. Uh, I thought that she acted very well in this. Um, mm-hmm. Like. The, the scenes when it called for being emotional, um, like the fear, like she portrayed that well. Like some people like ham it up, overact it, but it, she was believable um, as well as like in the beginning when she's meeting uh, the, the radio guy, mm-hmm. just being like a super like over eager, like young person. Like, she, she portrayed that very believably. In, in my opinion, um, the radio guy stole the, stole the show. Oh yeah, fast like, talking, I, so funny, I, I thought, sarcastic. So Jake Horitz playing Everett Everett Sloan, the the local late night radio 
DJ, I thought at first, like the first few minutes, it's going to be like, oh, this guy's going to be so annoying, having no redeemable. But like, he even explains like how the radio persona is just like a fake thing. And like, he, I, I found his character to be very endearing. And yeah. um, every time I looked at him, I kept thinking, I, River, Rivers Cuomo from uh, Weezer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the nice but thing then again, if you is... think about Rivers Cuomo, like his whole shtick or whatever, well, mm-hmm. not shtick, the dude's a talented guy. Weezer's awesome. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like his whole like look, whatever, is that like 1950s, like Buddy Holly aesthetic. So, yeah. But yep. uh, if it, 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 that's another thing, they, they, this, they made it look like the 1950s. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, but he was definitely a well developed character. He had goals. Mm-hmm. Um, he had multiple personalities for different settings, you know, Um, him getting ready for the radio show at the beginning and then him doing the show. And I really like that. His goals to get out. It almost, and I'd have to go back and look, but that was almost like a one cut, like walking through the small town into the school gym to try to help them. And then you just, it really, I like those in movies, those opening scenes that, build the atmosphere like yeah you got the feel for the town on that so so that's that should be a whole separate section to talk about is uh some of some of the cinematography so multiple scenes in this show or in the movie were uh extremely long um Mm -hmm. extremely long scenes i mean i think i saw so i saw something interesting um this was on amazon prime and Mm -hmm. uh, amazon prime when you watch these um Nice thing about the service is you can actually, while watching it, you can bring up IMDb, and it just like overlays. Mm-hmm. It'll give, uh, it'll like let you preview the IMDb page of like the actor that's currently on the scene and stuff like that. But there's that's also cool. a little section for trivia. So, uh, the one thing that was really interesting was that original switchboard scene with her on the switchboard. So mm-hmm. she was on this. That was that was awesome. If you think about it, eight minutes. Of talking, okay, and, and you don't even realize that too. Like that—that's something not to to cut in there. But like, this movie is majority talking and not a lot of action. Mm-hmm. But this—it's it, so interesting. Like the information that you're finding out, and the way that it's told, like it, it makes the movie. Yeah, the, those are tough scenes. I mean, she's having a conversation, um, with multiple people, right? Mm-hmm. She's she's reacting to the strange noises and she's asking people their opinions, but the whole entire time the camera is directly on her face. You know, yeah. I mean, it, she can't she can't turn off acting mode at, at any one point, or that or that's lost. Yeah. So the one interesting trivia point was that um, that original scene was twelve minutes long. They cut it down to eight. So. Yeah, that's intense. So there's yeah. multiple there's multiple long scenes of this, and for being this director's um, directing debut, you saw I saw that he was definitely trying to add some flair to it. So there's yeah. that long scene at the beginning where he, they go in and out of the gym. Yeah, you know, there's uh the long scene at the switchboard. There's another one where where after that scene. The, the one scene after she went the, the radio, woman, the woman's house was was relatively that, long too. Yes, that was perfect, especially how they broke it at the very end. Speaking so, of cinematography and style, like mm-hmm. the one thing that he did, in you don't, 
I don't I haven't really seen it in another movie or that I could really recall, but I thought it was done really well here. And normally you think like that's a cheap cop out or like a money saving thing. But mm-hmm. when it would get real serious and the screen would just fade to completely black and it was mm-hmm. quiet, but you could just hear the person talking. Like he was when he was talking to that former soldier on the phone. That yeah. was effective to me. I, I thought that built a lot of tension. Like at first when it was happening, I was like, this is kinda uh but then I like when I got into it, like I got into it. Like it Yeah. I mean it, it had you focus on the the dialogue. And that wasn't that wasn't bad. So I mean yeah. in this movie Besides these long scenes, and besides uh, like the end, you know, visually there wasn't much in this movie. I mean, yeah. besides like the timepiece and um, everything like that, there's not a lot of visuals in this movie. Yeah. So when they completely park it and uh, put up that black screen, mm-hmm. you just hear the dialogue. Uh, I think that was almost necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah, to just dial you, dial you. Uh, the one thing I didn't think was necessary is the 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 cuts when they would go and they zoom out, zoom out. Because like the we didn't talk about it yet, but the overarching thing it, it was positioned as like a Twilight Zone esque show that someone was watching on a an old like nineteen fifties TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they called it the Paradox Theater. Yeah, and cool. that that framing's pretty cool because this kind of seems like a like a Twilight yeah. Zone episode, yeah. something like that. But I didn't think it was necessarily necessary. That's weird. But, besides, I guess like, I got yeah. just cut out the necessary. <laughs> but, besides but I, the I initial like the, of it, the opening like of it, when they would pull it back out and have like the fuzzy yeah. screen, you're looking like that wasn't well. Like if you know. wanted to frame that with the beginning, and the end, I would have been cool with that. Yeah, but now she say that if they just did it at the beginning of the end, in the end, um, I don't know. The, when they did that in the middle, a couple times they did it at least two or three times, mm-hmm. um, and it was mostly for like big scene transitions, you know, yeah. when something was yeah, giving you that little pause to refocus. Yeah, but but I, I felt like reminded it reminded me it was that I'm supposed to be bit. watching the Twilight Zone. Yeah. So I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I would have, I would have been okay if they didn't frame it like that. Like I, I do like the concept yeah. initially, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I don't. I didn't really like the execution on that. Yeah. Um, God, do I love the Twilight Zone now? I know. That's what I'm hoping. Like, what if they make a series out of this and it's just you know more? That'd be cool. Uh, the Paradox Theater. That that would be something. Amazon doesn't really have too many original series. I think they had The Boys, which that that's good. I think. Isn't that new season supposed to be coming out soon? Which one was the boys? The superhero one. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not too familiar with their other ones. I think they got like uh, Jack Reacher, maybe or something like that. Not Jack Reacher. Um, Jack Ryan. So Jack Jack Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. The one with John Krasinski. I watched the first one. Yeah, so they don't have too many of their own um, unique series, and that's like a a big thing in these like streaming service wars we got going on right now. But Mm -hmm. if they had something like that, like Hulu has. Um, I think their series is called like Into the Dark or something. They have those each individual. Like you could do their mm. thing could be like the Paradox Theater, and then have different like these little different like vignette stories. I, I'd I'd be interested after seeing this first one. I'd definitely be interested in that. Yeah, yep, I agree. Um, 
other than that, so the cast is relative. You spend most of your time with those first two characters. Yeah, um, ev- everybody else is a distant side character. Yeah, some other notables. Um, you have Gail Con- Conyer. Uh, she plays Mabel Blanche, um, an old lady who has had experience with, with this phenomenon in the past. Uh, her acting was, was very good, I thought. Um, you could see the emotion in her eyes. It was, and it had uh, it had to be. I mean, same thing with uh, the the girl. I mean, the camera was the camera was, you know, right on her for a long amount of time. So, and then the yeah. other major one is a, a caller that he had on the radio station, um, voiced by Bruce Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like what they did with that, um, and you can almost hear it in his voice the be like the sadness the mm-hmm. like the age the years of like the years just wearing on him um mm-hmm. I, I did like what he brought to the table and he's had a a pretty busy um past there so he's he stayed busy so no real like standout name catching stars here but uh, i thought yeah, it's, it's in general as, as far as the cast um they they did the the material justice and as well as with uh um at uh andrew patterson's script it was strong material and the actors um crushed it in my opinion as far as that goes yeah i agree there's definitely some some tough material at times uh so yeah i think they did well Pros and cons. So, what do you got for me here, here, Aaron? Uh, anything? Pro, pro, I would say, um, for me, is the film is supposed to lay out like a sci-fi mystery, just like Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's literally what it's what it's copying. Yeah, pretending to be. So that that uh, was oh, entertaining. Homage. Homage. That was entertaining as hell. Give me, give me a, give me a pro. <laughs> uh, my pro, I would. We talked about it briefly before, but the cinematography. Yeah. Um, I thought, like, some of the spacing on the scenes, it, and we always talk about this in in our reviews and stuff. But what makes good horror to me is that tension building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know talking to you after this, like. So this this is going to go on a pro and a con at the same time. So the pro um, is the cinematography, cinematography building that tension, those tracking shots. The you felt the darkness, you know, mm-hmm. going through that small town. Um, like there was a scene every time they had to to run somewhere or get something like that. The way the camera tracked, like you felt like you were in that with them. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that. Uh, leading into my con was, and, and this is what we talked about the other day after we both watched it, was if they wanted to, mm-hmm. they could have made this movie absolutely terrifying. They could have. Um, and it's definitely more of a sci-fi than anything, but there's mm-hmm. definitely that fear of the unknown in there. There's some creepiness, but if, and... I guess a little spoiler, not really like you're not going to see any aliens creeping around or anything like that, but there's certain scenes like with the old woman's house 
or when they're she's alone at the switchboard and the weird sounds are happening, if you could catch a glimpse of something in the background or something were to move, yeah, that would yep. that would really because they did the great job of building that tension, mm-hmm. but you got to release it at some point. I thought maybe it was going to build up towards the end, like like a Jaws where like you finally see the shark. Like they had something like that. I think that would have really put this over the top as far as in the horror genre, but. Um, and and I actually other... have a, a small uh, hypothesis on what this movie looked like on the writing board. Okay. So there's multiple hints that different things could have happened. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like um, the reason the ending played out like it did is because... Uh, of their limited budget and sure it worked out really well but my hypothesis that graphics at the end did look good yeah it did i'm sorry sorry i'll let you finish there no that's okay i didn't think about this until you said this right now but there's Mm -hmm. an exact point where i think you're right that the original ending was different so just imagine if this movie had a bigger budget um what could you expect from that well, the Boots first thing I would have expected is, is that the military would have showed up. The, the first thing I would have expected would honestly be that um, the people at the basketball game were abducted. I thought, I thought that was gonna, they were going to pan back and everyone was going to be gone there. But I yeah. didn't think they were going to have a crazy scene where you saw it. Like it would just be like an empty... They're gone. Yeah. The, the whole basketball. Everybody at the basketball game got raptured up to heaven. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing too, is and this normally doesn't happen. I kind of appreciate that because so many writers and stuff are, I, I guess, to to feign like having a more interesting story or artistic value to their story. Mm-hmm. They they put in the most like heavy handed like subtle. It's supposed to like it's subtle, to be subtle, but it's so heavy handed. It's not they're, subtle. They're, it's yeah, the exact Yeah. Um, foreshadowing yeah and and i I god get over it yeah i like what they did with some of the things you thought were going to be foreshadowing that didn't happen like when the the old lady was saying like they like people isolated and and take them all at once they're going to take the people at the basketball game and she said Mm -hmm. that and like so you're thinking that's going to happen like oh fuck Mm -hmm. like but that doesn't that's not how that plays out it's like i like that where you think like, oh, I get this. This is how it's gonna go. But I think you might be onto something. But the the line in where I think the ending might have been different mm-hmm. is when they came running out of the woods, and she and she said, "Are they in there? Like, can you see them?" Mm-hmm. I thought in the way that they had focused on them, but you could see in the background that it was gonna yeah. come into focus, or you're gonna start seeing them coming out of the woods. I was like, oh fuck, this is the moment. But I think yep. you're right. I think the last thing that they probably had written was the ending to this or they yeah. had multiple ones that they left on the storyboard yep i don't know exactly what factors came into play for that final ending but it definitely seemed like they had potential to go in multiple directions mm-hmm. up until that very end yeah yeah that's what i was interested to see where they were going like, that's what i was saying a little bit earlier in the, the podcast mm-hmm. where they're dealing with such large scale like consequences for this mm-hmm being true if it is true because that's part of the mystery they're trying to figure out that if they went in a certain way uh, a movie with such a small budget wouldn't be able to handle that and i think 
their ending was a compromise, but it artistically and, and for what the movie was, I think it still worked. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Agree. So any other any other pros, cons, uh, any anything. This isn't so much of a con, but almost like a uh a caution. Um I feel like if they would have done Don't stick a fork in a outlet. Yeah. So so uh with all the creative um cinematography cinematography in this film, um if they would have done any more, it would have been too much. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a couple they, points where I was like, all right, not again. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> teetered pretty much perfectly on that line. Yeah. Because there's certain like visual effects and stuff that they did. It's more like editing effects where it's I, like, I had you, like a if little... you go to the well one more time, it's going to be dry. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm done. I can't take much more of this. I had like a little <laughs> meter in my mind and every, every long scene. You're getting, every, cool. uh, You're getting close. Zo- zoom out on the TV and oof, okay, watch it. Hey, sun's going down, big guy. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I understand this is your directorial debut and you know you want to show people uh, what you can do and how creative you can be. <laughs> You're crushing it, bud. Don't blow it in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. One step uh, away from uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Other, uh, other cons, pros, cons, I think... Um, I mean, we, we touched on some of them earlier, the acting. I thought everyone mm-hmm. um, performed well in their roles. Uh, director, writing. I, I think this, for first production, I'm not really seeing. I'm sure he worked, at least maybe, in the business before. But usually you would see those little small credits. But I'm not really seeing anything. If this is this guy's first, even if it's one of his early efforts or one of his first, um, I'm interested to see what he does moving forward. Because this guy definitely is a talent. Um, someone give this guy a mid-range budget because I, yeah. I hate I hate and not that I hate that they get it but when you take a, a indie director that's like made something well they're given the and then, then you give, yeah you give them 100 million dollars and then you constrain all of their creativity with producers and the studio like up their ass then you just ruin them like mm-hmm. I don't want to see that give this guy like a 50 he should get who you should hook up with is uh, Blumhouse Mm-hmm. That's um, been doing the like smaller horror movies mm-hmm. with like like small to like mid sized budgets. Like I, I think he would thrive in a situation like that because this guy definitely has a hand for the tension building, and that's like three fourths of the battle. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Happens. Uh, happens. Some of that happens way too much. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really got any other pros or cons. What about you? You got anything? down in that little list of yours there mm, cons um nothing in nothing in particular um, you know what? i got another pro about the this. scope this of the is... story was small and of yeah, course i like the I big flash I, I thought that was like a breath of fresh air though not everything has to be like the end yeah. of the world mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of any real con because i didn't really have one um yeah, mine was it's not like super fair um it's just not i wouldn't even say disappointing it's just like oh man that sucks like a, just a little they the, the way that the tension was set up if if they gave us like something creepy in the background or something like this this could be like a top-notch horror film 
Yeah, honestly. So I mean, that, that's my only like little con. That one or two. What I was saying before, things. I wasn't a big fan of the. I like the framing idea for Paradox Theater, like the play on the Twilight Zone, but I didn't like when it would cut to like those graphics on the old school TV screen, like the fuzzy graphics. Yeah. It's not so much they did the the fuzzy like um, box TV thing. It's the fact that they it, it, it drew it you looks, out. It looked yeah, it drew you out, but it looked fake. The display overlay that they had, you know. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, but yeah. overall, I thought this was a, a well made movie, and that leads us to our next category, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Recommendations and ratings. You know how this one works, right, bud? Uh, break it down for me. So it basically goes like this. Recommendations. Who do you think would like this? Like a group of people, certain settings, fans mm-hmm. of certain things. Who would like it? And then you just give a rating out of 10, you know? Hey, no big deal. Hey, okay. Hey, no big deal. All right. I'll go first if it's helpful. How's your, how's your rating? Five? Five is uh, average? Ten, ten piece. Mc, ten piece McNugget is the best. So like, five would not like be average. Like an AP. average movie would be like a seven. But, so that's the thing too. Like you can explain it a little bit more. Like we've done shitty movies in the past that the movies like a six out of ten, like a five out of ten, mm-hmm. but it still can be entertaining. Like you can still say like I would watch this movie again. Like yeah. just because a movie's necessarily bad doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's and it's it's your rating. Like is yeah. The big yeah, the you. big thing is however you feel, mm-hmm. just just back it up with words. That's something I can never get through the book. He would just, I don't like this. I don't like <laughs> it. Okay. But uh, I guess for recommendations, I would recommend this to anyone that's a fan of like sci-fi horror, sci-fi in general, fans of the old Twilight Zone. Um, if there's any still around, people from 1950s, this might make you remember <laughs> the good old it, days. It might make you happy. Yeah. Anybody from rural New Mexico, uh, now's your time to shine. I feel like they don't want to go back there. They don't want to remember those days. (laughs) Uh, That's something though. Like, how wild would that be? So back when they're testing like nuclear bombs, and that'd that'd be like us here, and then like twenty miles up the street, they're like testing nuclear bombs out in the desert. Oh yeah, that'd be a little bit weird. Testing that nuke, it's okay. Hey, uh. It was during the Red Scare, all right? They even made a couple comments on that. Yeah, really I, I did appreciate that. It's the goddamn communists. A, I think it's the goddamn communists. They're, they're attacking rural, rural New Mexico. They, they still got the Red Scare going. They're fixing the election. Oh, yeah. How it's dumb are we that if they were fixing the election on Facebook, that that would sway your vote? <laughs> yeah, no, really. Don't you don't have to answer uh, it because actually, just that, look at yeah, hundred percent is just look like that. Hey, if you're dumb and you listen to our podcast, we appreciate it. And if you're yeah. dumb and you don't listen to our podcast, like fuck you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> look at the, look that's, at that's our country. Right. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> look at our country now. <laughs> anyway, I may have just joined this podcast, but I feel like <laughs> I'm you're always there. Say Dude, this: you're from the precursor. You're from the old podcast that nobody knows about. <gasps> Do tell more. You know about it. You were on it. Oh, that's right. I've I've actually been doing some workings. It might be coming back on like a once a month basis. Okay. But uh, well, if we get some schedules aligned and stuff, you know, hey, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my recommendation. Um, 
I my first thought that's why I, I reached out to you in this one when I saw the trailer for it. I was I saw so I was like this is something that would be right up Aaron's alley. Yeah. I know you're a big sci-fi fan. You you read uh, a lot of books. You do that book thing, you know. Yep. Books. Sci- sci-fi. Fantasy. That's already that's already an improvement on the podcast already. If you think about it, you read books. Your brother couldn't read. That's, yeah. That's a positive in some column somewhere. He doesn't like to talk <laughs> about it, but uh, I do. I do. It's kind of funny. All right. So uh, on to my rating. I'd give this movie a seven and a half out of ten. Um, it was definitely only thing really holding back. Like it's a smaller independent thing, but for what it is, it's an entertaining movie done well, um, well written script. So I definitely recommend it checking out if you're uh, Amazon streaming, like a person that has that streaming service. Um, as far as like what your choices and stuff are, I would definitely give this a watch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I would have to. I would probably rate it an eight. Um, rewatchability. If I had a chance to watch it again, I'm definitely going to be looking more for uh, the cinematography in between some of those other really interesting scenes that we talked about. Yes, yeah, um, uh, we we barely talked about it too, but like the scenes when they're they're talking about like different news stories and stuff going on, like some of the the like we were saying the popular mechanics where they're talking mm-hmm. about the future of like cars and the possibility yeah. of cell phones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all of that. Was uh, those a- those, those little things added to it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this this movie was entertaining. Definitely entertaining. That, that, that's that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. Is it entertaining? If you watch the whole movie, does someone come to your house in seven days and kill you? Those are my two two things. Because mm-hmm. I want to be entertained, and also I don't want to be murdered. Yeah. <laughs> so and as soon as I realized the scope of this thing, that it was a small indie movie, you know, it was, it was on a streaming service. I mean, I think the banner on um, Rotten Tomato, when I opened it up, when you told me about it, was... Mm-hmm. Um, the the director's directorial debut, you know. So I I knew it wasn't going to be anything too crazy. So I went in. I went in expecting. Um, yeah, let me pull. Let's let's see what these clown shoes what are. Rotten Tomatoes have to say about it. Honestly, uh, I, I actually, that's my new. That's my new non derogatory thing to say to people. Clown I've had shoes. that up the whole time. I've had a so uh, Rotten Tomatoes percent fresh. Yeah, sixty three percent audience score. That's good. Mm-hmm. An engrossing sci-fi thriller that transcends its period trappings. The Vast of Night suggests great things for debuting director Andrew Patterson. That's, I mean, I agree with that whole statement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so ratings. So 7.5 and 8. Give it a watch. Mm-hmm. If you guys, you might have heard it, I did a snap and a point. That's a 1950s thing. Give it a watch. Cool. But... That's a, like a... Not related to it, but I think that would be like the coolest job. Like I'm sure it doesn't pay well, but like what? an over the night like radio DJ. There's no like pressure. Like you just go in there and you play songs like this is W O T W at night. <laughs> you just get to go. You're just taking out the smooth jam. So especially especially <laughs> if you're a social person. I mean it's like you're You have your whole day and then at night you just go there and 
smoke cigarettes. Yeah. It's the 50s. You can do it. That was was another funny part we didn't really talk about. Like, when he gave the girl the cigarette, and you're like, it's just like a prop. Like, everyone just has it. It's like a prop. Just hold it. Eventually, she did light it up. And that was meaningful. Although, a little bit. All right. So, that's pretty much it there. So, we just got to do our plugs and we'll wrap this up here. Um, we are still on Twitter at HorrorVision. Uh, you can shoot us a DM or see anything like you like or anything like that. Just shoot us a message. Uh, as well as if there's any films you want us to check out, any comments, any questions, um, we're super responsive. Shoot us an email at HuntersHorrorVision at gmail.com. And what else do we got here we got a youtube channel we never really upload to that because we're pretty much backdrop we actually i have like five or six videos we get uploaded there but if you want to listen to the podcast on there as well um it's streamed directly onto it uh that'd be cool i don't know about you but i want to get caught up what's going on (laughs) what's going on hey like and subscribe like link subscribe because that's not what people say but <laughs> that's another boogism but uh what else if, if you're listening to the podcast awesome you found us um if this is for whatever reason not on the service that I like to listen podcast i got some good news for you uh we're on spotify uh stitcher google play as well as apple which is po- you can i guess do it through itunes or apple Podcasts. like you know that's a popular one that's where I listen to my podcasts. Actually, mostly on Spotify. I lied to you. I can edit it out, but I'm not going to because I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, um, it's been a, another episode here for us, and we're looking to get a more consistent schedule going down, and uh, you're going to be hearing from more from us. So uh, other than that, I don't got much anything much else. What about you, Aaron? Oh, that's about it. Enjoyed, enjoyed my first time here. I don't know about everybody else out there who listened, but uh, we got through it, and there's going to be more. Yeah. did You You know you've been on the podcast before, Aaron, right? I don't remember. You were on the Gremlins episode. I don't remember. <laughs> so long ago. That hey, was, that's a little secret for people who want to go back there and listen. He's actually been on the podcast more than once. He's uh, accidentally come on in the background, and you might before, hear some like, the video game sound effects in the background. Before you're editing games. Yeah, you get pissed at CSGO. Son of a bitch! God damn it. <laughs> Alright, other than that, uh, we'll check you later. <laughs> <laughs>